Hello and welcome to Talking About My Generation, a pop culture podcast dedicated to children of the 80s, 90s, and even in the 21st century. If you're new to the show, welcome. We are going to be talking here about movies, video games, and television shows, uh, so we hope that you enjoy this today. Uh, this week we're going to do something that we've kind of done before. We're going to be rehashing some older films in comparison with the new film that just came out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike is back joining me with, uh, as usual. Yeah. And we are going to kind of rip to shreds a little bit and talk about why we didn't necessarily think that the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie was really all that bad. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we talked about the cartoons last time. This time we're going to talk about the movies. We're not going to go too in depth on the first three. We are going to. I'm going to mention several points from each one. Oh yeah. Uh, and then after that, we'll get into spoiler territory for the new film. And uh, we will alert ahead. everybody to spoilers once we get to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I believe I saw. I'm trying to think, ninety. Yeah, I saw the first film in theaters. Oh yeah. As I- a, I as saw it twice. A, as a ten-year-old, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw the first film in theaters as a ten-year-old. I saw the second film in theaters twice. Uh, the third film, uh, the first time I ever saw it was on uh, one of my uncle's VHS tapes. Honestly, because <laughs> uh, that was back in the day when people actually took video cassette recording cameras into the theater, not these digital things that they use nowadays. Um, the first film, I loved it. I still love it to this day. Oh yeah, the first one was solid. I mean, it was it was everything that we were hoping a live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles could be. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was right up there. It had good acting. It had you know, it had the action. It had a lot of you know, it, it had a couple of sight gags and it had stuff about mentioning turtles. It captured everything from the nineteen eighty seven cartoon. Mm-hmm. Second one was like they kind of tried to do a mashup of the first uh, of the comics and of the the cartoon series. Well, the second one they kind of, they, they they tried to further it along, but they also tried to do a flashback origin. Like we get the origin in the first movie, we get that you know your standard 1987 you know origin with Splinter and and Shredder and all this and all that in the second movie. They tried to expand upon it by going down this whole road of road of TCRI or TGRI or whatever the hell the name of the damn. I mean, in the yeah. comics, I think it's TCRI. In the movies, it's TGRI. But why? Whatever. It's it's a damn name. Exactly. Um, the funniest thing about the second one is uh, <laughs> anyone who watches and listens to watches and listens for the voice of a certain uh, actor. In Batman the Animated Series, Raish Al Ghul, David Warner, aka um, uh, Edward Dillinger from Tron, is Professor Jordan Perry yes. in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2: Secret of the Ooze. Um, I'll say right off the bat, between the first and second films, I did not like that they switched actresses for April. That they switched no. from Judith Hogg to Paige Turco. Paige Turco's a fine actress. She 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 worked well, but I just didn't didn't really I like Judith Hogg better as April. Oh yeah. Um, 
the first movie, there's oh my, uh, that, that movie is so quotable. It really, really is. <laughs> hey, Donnie, Wheel of Fortune, dude. I guess they're not game show fans, and I thought everybody <laughs> loved Vanna. <laughs> One of my favorite things with that was I remember hearing just ninja kick the damn rabbit. <laughs> yeah. I know because it was a stupid thing he's like don't just beat him up just ninja kick him and I remember laughing so hard about hearing that because I remember thinking oh my god they said damn and that was kind of like you know around my house that was kind of a bad word and, so, and well they said it even before then because that happens once they're at April's apartments and Raph once he loses his sigh in the very beginning part of the movie you know they're they're down in the sewers and he he stops the other three turtles go ahead into the lair he stops and he just you know looks up to the the sewer grate or the sky or whatever else and just shouts damn and you see it, the vocal of it reaches all the way to street level and you see a guy walking by pointing his umbrella at the sewer grate as he's walking by making sure something isn't going to come up and and grab him yes um the first movie had a, like I said, a lot of quotable things, a lot of funny oh, yeah. things. You know, everyone nowadays complains about product placement, and everybody nowadays that does reviews, and I'm generalizing here. I'm not singling anyone out because I do sometimes complain about product placement, not too much though. Um, in the first movie, um, April makes a joke, and I, I think it's just it's not really a product placement, but it's a name recognition thing. She makes a joke on the when, when right after she misses her train and the and the the guys in the black pajamas show up like what am I late on my Sony payments again? And it's like <laughs> this film came out in 1990 that like people actually still had to make payments on their Sony stereos or what you know whatever else. It was like wow. Oh, yeah. Um. That and of course, since we're gonna talk real quick about product placement, I have to mention this because it was kind of a it was kind of a funny thing when it came out. When the movie was being filmed, you saw a very prominent placement of Domino's throughout when they were having the pizza delivery. I mean, it was pretty obvious. Red and blue, you know, the whole yep. Domino's logos and everything on the boxes. Yeah. But when the movie came out into theaters, Domino's, they like pulled Domino's name from, from the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they were really pushing Pizza Hut. And Pizza Hut was the one that was coming out and getting all the backing. Even when the movie came out on, on VHS... You got these coupons for like five bucks off of a, of a not pizza the hut. first one. That's for the second one. I I remember seeing something with it for the first one, but I remember that like being everybody was like praising Pizza Hut, and I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I love that thing where it's like one twenty two and an eight, one twenty two and an eight. Great. Where the heck is one twenty two and an eight? You're standing on it, dude. Just slip it down here. Yeah. <laughs> this is a ten. The tab's thirteen. You're two minutes late, dude. Oh, come on. I couldn't find the place. Wise men say, oh, God, I forgot the what. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wise men say forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the delivery driver's like, I got to get a new route. And, and I thought I delivered everywhere. Um, <laughs> the coolest thing about the Turtles movie was it gave us live-action versions of what we saw on the cartoon. Yes. Um, April, she didn't really have a yellow jumpsuit. She, had, I think she had a yellow like raincoat kind of thing, which is fine. I, 
I don't understand yeah. every everyone's like I don't understand everyone's damn obsession that April has to be in a yellow jumpsuit. I, I mean, because they wanted it, her to see, they wanted everybody to see her boobs yeah. squished together and popping yeah. out. Yeah, you know, well, come on. Half yeah. of us no, who were watching that were, you know, were these, you know, preteen kids who were just going through puberty. What do yeah. you expect? <laughs> no, and I and I and I get that, and I and I'm right there with you. But it's like nowadays, it's like, oh my God, Megan Fox is April O'Neil. She's not. All she's got is a yellow jacket. She's not April O'Neil. Not that any of us really want to see Megan Fox in a yellow jumpsuit. But anyway, we'll talk yeah. about that later. Um, with the first film, it told a very good story. It told the origin well. It introduced new and different characters. Uh, not different, but like I think this is the first time and only time we've ever seen Shredder have a henchman that wasn't mutated in Tatsu. Yes. Um, uh, and I, and I could be okay on screen. I mean, not. I don't know about the original Mirage comics. I've never read them. It's not that I don't want to. I just, I just never have. Um, I thought the voices were all great. Uh, you know, Corey Feldman is Donatello. Uh, Ro- Robbie Rist is Michelangelo. Yeah. Now I, I want to stop real quick because mm-hmm. if anybody goes to look at IMDb's webpage, mm-hmm. you will notice a glaring omission on. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles webpage there for it. Corey Feldman's name is nowhere to be mentioned as being the voice of Donatello. Seriously. I was shocked. I was dead shocked. I was surprised. I even looked at the full cast to see, and he's omitted from there. I have no idea why. But just so you guys know, Corey Feldman did do the voice of Donatello. It was pretty obvious to anybody who knew 80s culture. You could mm-hmm. hear it and go, that's Corey Feldman. Oh, wait, I take that back. He's at the very, very, very bottom (laughs) of the cast list. And it's like, really? Come on, guys. Corey Feldman needed to be in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So like I said, you've got Corey Feldman as Donatello. You've got Brian Tochi as Leonardo. Robbie Rist as Mikey. And Josh Pace as Raph. The interesting thing about Josh Pace is I believe I could be wrong... I could have sworn he was both the voice and the, um, no, maybe not. Uh, I thought he was the guy in the suit. Yeah, he is, he is, he is. He's listed here on on Wiki, yeah. Josh Pace is the voice and the guy in the suit for Raphael. Damn, Um, that's that's impressive, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's funny. I'm going to have a bit of trivia for you once we get to the third one because it's going to be interesting. Um because it ties into a certain video game master. The first film was was very heartwarming, was very interesting. Elias Codius as Casey was amazing. Um, you know, they set up this whole relationship with Raph and Casey, and I really love it. And, you know, I mean, Casey, he's... <laughs> Casey is so awesome. He's like, hey, what are you guys doing to my little green pal over there? Whoa, who's the babe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know... So I love that about it. After, like, I remember, I'm going to have to go back and see the differences and whatever else, but at this time, I don't know if they still do this anymore. I know they do certain, like, prequel and and, and post-film comic books and stuff nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, back in the day, they used to do movie novelizations, basically actual paperback books that ha- that are basically the movie. Oh, um, hell yes. And they, and, they did some uh, really good jobs of some of those. Yeah, and 
And if some of the movie novelizations uh, add a little bit that might not be in the movie, or add you know add a few pages that aren't at the beginning or the end of the movie. Um, but the original '90 film was amazing. Uh, everything about it was great. Uh, <laughs> I think another one of my favorite scenes was um, when they're finally down in the sewer again after they returned to New York, uh, uh, and and Danny Charles Pennington's son says. I had some pizza down here the other day. There might still be some left. And you see Donatello look around and opens the box, closes the box, and you and the camera goes back to where Danny is and Mikey's like, huh? Huh? And he just runs over there and Donnie's like, question. Uh yeah. Do you like penicillin on your pizza? Don't do do. Yes. I I love the original movie so much. Um, the second movie, Secret of the Use, it's okay. Yeah. It's not... Um, I don't think it's something that... I don't know. A couple of things. I wish they wouldn't have replaced Casey with Kino. No, yeah. That was a little, little out there. Um... Uh, good. You know, it wasn't that bad. I mean, it is. I kind of liked having Kino in the film. Having and let me mention that Kino. For those of you who don't know, straight <laughs> out of like '80s pop culture, this was the last Electric Night. This was the sidekick's main character kid. He <laughs> showed up in the Last Dragon. This is Ernie Reyes Jr. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved Ernie Reyes Jr. and I, I still do to this day, just because. You know, he was this little kid who was kicking ass in these movies, you know, mm-hmm. and then when you see him in TMNT 2, he's grown up and it's kind of like, oh, cool. He can still kick some ass. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 interesting thing about the actual live action cast of this is this is ter- TMNT meets the WWF because Kevin Nash was Super Shredder. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the voice cast, we have Adam Carl replacing Corey Feldman as Donnie. Adam Carl did an okay job. I just like Corey Feldman better. Yeah. I, uh, and, and we all knew that it wasn't him. It was kind of like, I, I just felt like it was, we were missing on that. Uh, you got a replacement for Raph as well in this. You got Laurie Faso. Uh, David McCarran is Shredder. Uh, Michael McConaughey is Tatsu in this. Oh, hey, Trax and uh, Cosmos and a bunch of other Transformers he used to voice. Uh, thankfully, Robbie Rist returned as Mikey and Brian Toshi as Leo. Um, Frank Welker did the voices or lack thereof of Toka and Razor. So that that's interesting. Uh, the second film is is good. I think there's way too much pizza in it, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) um, you know, I thought it was interesting when they had the fight in the mall at the beginning of the movie where Mikey uses cold cuts. It's a funny little gag. Um, Oh, yeah. I love it when they go back to the when they go back to the uh, to, to April's apartment after that scene and. You know, Splinter's telling them, okay, you must you, you must meditate and everything else. And Mikey's like, it's okay, Master Splinter. It's cool. We'll wax on, wax off. Wax on, <laughs> mouth off. Yes. <laughs> you know. um, I love Shredder's updated look. 
I, I, you know, I thought the whole, you know, razors and all that kind of stuff was really cool. Um, I think my biggest complaint, even to this day, even though I now like Toka and Razor, my biggest complaint was they didn't use Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, I felt the same way. I was kind of like, well, you know, why couldn't they have done that? It, New York has got to have, you know, I, I swear, like some zoo in New York has got to have a wolf and a warthog, or uh, not a wolf, a rhino and a warthog. Come mm-hmm. on, you know. But then again, I grew up in San Diego where we got wolves and rhinos and warthogs and all sorts of stuff all over the place. But instead we get a snapping turtle and a wolf and it was just, mm. I don't know. It's, it's not that bad. I mean, I mean, that they've been used in, in culture, you know, in, 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 in future incarnations of the turtles. But, um, yeah, the, the second one was kind of, uh, okay. Um, uh, the third one, uh, I was excited for the third one as a kid, even though, because um, the reason why I was excited for the third one as a kid is because it came out in 93, and we already had the video game Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. So yes. I thought by seeing this plot of that they're going to go back in time, I thought they were going to mimic the Turtles in Time video game, and I was really stoked for it. Well, what <sighs> they did, and, and this is... I don't know if this was Eastman and Laird trying to push back to their original Mirage comics. They kind of pulled, there's a story that takes place with a girl who's flipping through time with Mm -hmm. this like rod. And I forget what it is. Yeah. And she's like going back and forth through time and, and they pull that storyline into three. And I, I have to admit, I didn't really see a whole lot of it. I saw bits and pieces of it when it was on, uh, I want to say Disney Channel or something like that way back when, when it, like mm-hmm. shortly after it came out, you know, when it, after it released to uh, DVD or whatever it was. And I was just kind of like, eh, you know, I didn't ever really see it all because by that time I was I was frustrated with two and I was really frustrated with what I was hearing about three and that three was just this bomb. So uh, three, it's. It's okay. It's not the best thing. It's there are worse movies out there. Um, I understand where they were going with it. Uh, the the interesting trivia though that I have is um, anyone that watched uh, Captain in the Game Master and was wondering who the voice was for that character. It's a guy by the name of Matt Hill. Matt Hill was the suit actor for Raphael. In the third movie here, he is also, he would also return to uh, do Ninja Turtles, the next mutation as Raph's voice. Oh, no wonder I heard that and was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the original trilogy, I, I wish they would have done a fourth one to kind of make up for um the third one, even though I enjoy, I enjoy different parts of the third one. I don't enjoy it overall, but I enjoy different parts. Like um, when they're back in time and trying to show people how to make pizza. Yeah. And 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 Mikey's like, you know, he burns the pizza and he's like, okay, so frisbee, and he wings it and it hits the he is hits the blacksmith in the head and down. He's like. Don't look at me. It wasn't me. It was Mike with the thing. And it's just, you know, bits like that are really funny. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Mikey 
you know, when they appear and feel my my horse has no head because he's sitting on it backwards. Um, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. Um, I, the third one is not my favorite. The second one, I'd say the first one is my favorite overall. And then the, then the second, then the third uh, in that order. Um, this new one, before we get into spoiler territory, I just want to say this really quickly. When I first heard about this and I heard that Bay was going to have more of an influence than he actually did on the film, um, uh, you know, because you need to have a big name talking about this movie or whatever else. And apparently Bay was the big name that they could think of to have, you know, kind of talking about it at first and saying they're going to be aliens and they're going to be this and they're going to be that. And I'm like, oh, God, OK, I, I as soon as I heard they were going to be aliens, I'm like, yeah, no, no, thanks. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, I, I was kind of out of it with uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2014 movie. And, you know, as I kept looking at it, as I kept, you know, paying attention to it, I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. A lot of this film got changed during the course of production. A lot of it did. It's not what it was originally was going to be. Um, but that's a good thing because what we got was a hell of a lot better than what they were originally going to do. Oh yeah. Um, uh, now the other thing I need to get out of the way here is this film is directed by Jonathan Liebsman. This film is produced by Michael Bay. I don't even think he has an executive producer credit on it. I think he just has a producer credit. Because his company, Platinum, Platinum Dunes, did all the CGI. That's the only real attachment he has to this movie. Everybody, what, what pisses me off about the entire internet is everybody saying, these are Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. These, this is the Bayverse Turtles. This, you know, well, I, did. I made the joke a long time ago. Oh, a buddy of mine made the joke, and I've kind of used it every, oh, you know, when the first Transformers movie came out, oh, Michael Bay is raping our childhood. You can't say that with this film because he doesn't have that much to do with it. He was a producer, but that's about it. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and thankfully, we have fairly decent writers on this one. We don't have uh, Orsi and Kurtzman. We don't have Aaron Kruger, who wrote the last uh, um, Transformers movies and whatever else. Um, so... The one thing that got me super stoked for this, only because I'm a, I'm pretty much a diehard fan, a fan of this guy, as soon as it was announced that Brian Tyler was going to be doing the score for this movie, I was like, okay, that's one thing about this movie I can really get behind as far as that goes. Because yes. Brian Tyler has, he has come up, uh, he, he has exploded over the last seven, eight, nine years at this point. He did the score for the entire series of Transformers Prime. He did Iron Man 3. He did... Um, um, crap. He's done plenty of video game scores. He's done the Fast and the Furious movies. He's done all three Expendables movies. Um, I mean, the guy can just score out. He did Thor: The Dark World. He's going to be doing Age of Ultron. Oh, oh! You say, you say, you say that like it's a bad thing. Oh no, no, no! I'm, I'm okay. like waiting. I'm anticipating this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. He actually crafted um, the new Marvel uh, cinematic intro for their logo. The Ooh. the um, what the hell is it called? Um, let me see here. Thor, where's Thor? 
the Marvel Studios fanfare. He cre- the the music that you hear is the Marvel Studios thing plays on on Marvel's films. He orchestrated that. Really? That yeah. I, I kind of like that. I mean, it's upbeat and it's kind of gets you right into the action. So yeah, exactly. Um, so so that was one thing that this film had going for it, and. Then I saw the CGI tr- pictures of the CGI turtles with noses. I wasn't like the rest of the internet, and I wasn't like, "Oh my God, they have noses! Oh, uh, this is so stupid." Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't like that at all. I do like the other design more, um, but this is a new design, and I can kind of get behind it. And honestly, once I saw them in more trailers other than just a teaser, I got over it. Um, well, let, let's kind of talk about that a little bit too, because. Uh, when I saw this one, mm-hmm. they, the only one who I really saw that really had a prominent nose to me was Michelangelo. <laughs> when I saw, because like everybody else, when you see Raph, when you see Donnie, mm-hmm. they really don't have a nose to speak of. I mean, you see like the nose holes, mm-hmm. but they're still pretty much more of a beaked nose, which I was kind of like, okay, this isn't too bad. It's doable. It, it's more acceptable. But I was kind of like, why was, you know, my, my thoughts were, why does Mikey have a nose and the others don't? Which just mm-hmm. struck me as odd. But, you know, that it, maybe it was them trying to put, put in the whole alien type thing. And, you know, uh, that, that's something else like, that kind of bugged me. Because I remembered when the movie was first announced they were going to be aliens. Everybody has this abbreviation. You know, all of you fans who are out there listening, you all know what TMNT is. And I saw jokes going around, oh, Michael Bay is turning this into a taint. (laughs) Okay, now for those of you who don't know what a taint is, I'm going to refer to Urban Dictionary. A taint is the stretch of skin found only on women between the pussy and the asshole. Because it ain't a taint, it it taint a pussy, it ain't, it taint an asshole. Jesus. Okay, yeah. And I just was kind of like, oh, shit, really? Really, this is what it's turning into? So I was... I was going to badmouth it as well. And then they kind of made some references to it being to them being alien, but they really didn't. And you can kind of see that that was still somewhat in the story because when they had the TCRI container that had the ooze in it or whatever it was, the mutagen, Mm. they made mention that, Oh, it's not something I don't even think it's from this world, you know? (laughs) And so you kind of got that. It was kind of like, Oh, so they could be from outside of the world, uh, you know, but it was, you know, that. And then uh, when Will Arnett and Megan Fox are in the van and they're arguing back and forth. So what are these things? Aliens? No, 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 they're not aliens. And I just kind of went, OK, thank you. Thank you for saying that they're not aliens. <laughs> yeah, they said, oh, that, that's just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> And I just kind of, you know, I mean, I, unfortunately, I was sitting in the theater with, uh, surrounded by a bunch of, of kids that were probably, I don't know, 19, 20 years old. And they all heard that and they all started laughing. And so I'm kind of like, okay, these guys around me, they sat on the internet and they heard all the bad shit about this movie. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, they're laughing about that, you know, that little stab there. So I, I thought that was okay. Uh what I thought of this movie, I, I did think it was pretty good. I It was much better than I expected it to be. Because, again, I was going into it with very low expectations that it was going to be cheesy as hell. Uh, 
The one thing that did bother me that I still think is cheesy was Shredder. And I don't think we had enough of him. I think that's the problem. We don't have any other than the little story that um, that Eric Sachs told to April while she was at his house. Yeah. We don't really know all that much about Shredder. Um, you know, we, we, we see that he's only speaking Japanese when he's not in the armor. We see that Eric Sachs talks about how his armor is upgraded um, and they're, they're, you know, they're, they're expanding on it. Uh, I don't think we got enough of Shredder. I think he was just there kind of as, okay, well, let's put him here. We're going to call him Shredder. And then when we come back for a potential sequel, we'll delve into that more or something. I, yeah. There, there just wasn't enough for me. Um, I, I, I mean, was, the, and I was kind of hoping that we would see a little bit more of him trading barbs back and forth with the turtles. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, like we saw back in the 87 series. We even kind of saw that a little bit with the original live action movies. But this, there really wasn't anything. It was kind of like, oh, I'm Shredder, and that's it. You know, it just felt yeah. weak. It, he he felt weak to me, and it irked me. I, I really have to say that. So, hmm. um, but yeah. <laughs> um, um, so let's let's go ahead and and say right now because we we haven't really revealed anything that. People haven't really seen from the trailers other than, you know, maybe a scene here or there, but it's not mm-hmm. critical to the story. So I'm going to throw up right now. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. OK, we're going to delve in a little bit to the story of what this is and how everything kind of came to be with it. it it's it really kind of leads into the original. There, there's some meshing of the original 1990 movie there's some meshing of the comic book series you know some of it was some of it was kind of irritating to me because okay okay which part (laughs) well first off we see in in the original 1990 movie we had a little muppet that was learning how to do ninja moves Mm -hmm. as shredder or uh, i'm sorry not a shredder splinter excuse me (laughs) yeah and he's learning ninjutsu from there and, you know, he's watching he's watching his master, and that's kind of where he comes from, and he gets the mutation from there. The comic books, he was originally a Japanese male who had learned who'd learned it and fled to America. Okay, now we need to clarify here. You're talking about the IDW publishing series, correct? Well, yeah, IDW publishing. Because Mirage okay. didn't have that at all. Right. Uh, you know, so you kind of had that going on a little bit. And then when we get to the 2014 movie, we have them all being lab rats, basically. We have Splinter being an actual lab rat. We have the turtles being turtles that were, you know, put up as lab animals. Well, now now see, this is what I'm talking about is this is exactly – we kind of skipped over a beat in the IDW series. And the IDW ongoing that's going on right now started a couple of years ago. In the very beginning, we find out that there is reincarnation in the Turtles' origin for IDW. Splinter, a.k.a. Hamato Yoshi, Leonardo, Raphael, Michelangelo, and Donatello were all human at one point, along with Tang Shen, uh, who did die, uh, as well as the four sons died, um, and and I believe Yoshi, all yeah, 
They all died, basically. Shredder killed them all, and they came back reincarnated as a rat and four turtles stuck at StockGen, which is Baxter Stockman's company. Now, this is in the comic series from IDW. So the whole thing with IDW is, hey, let's see if reincarnation works for, for you know, part of the origin. Now, the scene that you're talking about with them in the movie, you know, being in the lab, that's where that's from. That whole scene and the eventual flashback when April remembers that she named them, that's all from the IDW comic book. I don't have a problem with that at all. See, and, and I think that that is where a lot of people are having issue with it is because they haven't read the IDW stuff. They remember, you know, from the old Archie comics. They remember from yeah. from the 1990 movie. They remember from the 1987 cartoon, mm-hmm. you know, the whole origin of how they came about, which that's not necessarily bad, but it's, you know, they, they really had to have had a little bit more development for that IDW storyline. And I think that they were trying to mix a little too much of comic books and the original 87 series and just kind of mix a lot of everything together to put everything in that it just didn't quite totally work. And I think that's where everybody's really upset is because it was not quite fitting in together. See, I thought it fit in well because you don't just have the cartoon origin of some boy and and don't get me wrong I love the cartoon origin oh yeah but you know you don't just have some boy you know some some human who became a rat because of mutagen that was slipped down the sewer I mean I like the fact they brought in the IDW storyline to they brought it in to a point Um, they didn't do the whole reincarnation thing which I think is good because I think in a film verse it might throw everybody off yeah Um, but you know with April naming them, with with her saving them uh, in the fire, um, all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I think that really did work. I think that there's not a lot of things in this movie that didn't work for me, honestly. There was, I, I forget where it is, I think it's when they confronted April the first time. There's one part of that scene where Leo's voice breaks off and actually sounds like what Johnny Knoxville actually talks like what his actual voice is and I I just I sat there and I'm like oh Johnny Knoxville boo yeah um but that was one scene at first I didn't to me Tony Shalhoub is um the guy from Wings he's monk he's at first when they said Tony Shalhoub was gonna be Master Splinter I'm like what really Really? You're going to have that guy? And then I heard it, and I kept hearing it, and after a while, I that's the thing with the voice acting for this movie, after a while I got used to it, and I was okay with it by the end of yeah. the movie. I actually liked what they did. Well, and I'm going to speak for Tony Shalhoub, because I actually thought he did a really good job with this. I didn't uh-huh. know, and I, I didn't want to go in and look at who the voice actors were, because, again, I am a huge fan of Rob Paulson, and Rob Paulson being... Donatello mm-hmm. in the current series, Raphael in the earlier series, you know, that to me was like, it was, it was almost sacrilege because I knew that they weren't going to use him for the voice of it. So I didn't want to know who the voice actors were. So when I actually saw the credits and I saw Tony Shalhoub as the voice of Splinter, I was like, holy shit, he did a good job. You know, he actually yeah. really came out and he did much better than I ever expected him to. Mm-hmm. You know, same with Johnny Knoxville. I mean, he's, 
yeah, he has an issue, and you can kind of hear it. You know, he, he but he played it off much better than I thought he ever would. I thought it was going to be, you know, a whole jackass type attitude, and we didn't oh. get that at all. So, nope. Um, and what I can tell is that, oh, that's why, duh. Um, well, wait, why do they, I'm, I'm looking on IMDb here and I'm trying to think, why would they list only, list two people for Leo, but only one person for, was Splinter was CGI, wasn't he? Yeah, but what they did, all, all of the turtles and everything were CGI, but what they did was they put people in the mocap suits. Oh, okay, for Splinter and Leo. Splinter and Leo have mocap suits. Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, so, yeah, the the voices for the Turtles for this film, you have uh, Alan Richson as Raphael, Noel Fisher as Michelangelo, and Jeremy Howard as Donatello. And as we already mentioned, uh, Johnny Knoxville as Leo. Um, I, as much as I like the the voices now i do wish they would have gotten actual voice actors yeah i'm not, i'm not saying these guys aren't um but lo- looking at jeremy or um i'm sorry uh let's see here that's the wrong one um looking at uh jeremy howard's um uh Wikipedia page as an actor. I mean, he was in Undeclared in 2001. He was uh, in How the Grinch Stole Christmas in 2000. He was in Galaxy Quest as Kyle in 99. Um, there's he's more of an actor than a voice actor. He's he's got more live action credits here than he does animation. Um, he was in an episode of Monk. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, he was in an episode of Breaking Bad. Um, he has, like, pretty much zero voice acting credits on Wikipedia. And it's all live action. And, and I don't necessarily want to have anybody have a bad, bad thing painted in their mind that voice actors are only supposed to do voice acting and mm-hmm. on-camera actors are only supposed to do on-camera acting. We've seen crossovers. Perfect example is Clancy Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, him being Mr. Krabs and then him going on. Uh, he's actually been announced that he's going to be on the Flash TV series, which I'm not sure what he's going to do yet. It just that he was going to be on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is the guy who was the bad guy in Highlander. Uh, he was bad guy in Carnival. So, I mean, you can see him doing these things and still carrying on excellent voice acting work. So mm-hmm. don't get that idea that voice actors can't do the job and and that you can't have a crossover from screen actor to voice actor because it does happen all the time oh yeah it does and i'm not saying that these guys i'm not saying that you know noel fisher and and jeremy howard's voices were bad for the turtle i didn't particularly like noel fisher as mikey i thought he was a little too creepy Um, yeah um i i i just didn't really uh, you know well let's talk about mikey for a minute because i i was kind of creeped out now again i've been watching the new Ninja Turtles and we've got Donatello who's kind of trying to put the moves on April, but April has no idea that, that he's in love with her. You know, it, it's this whole thing of, Oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm infatuated with April O'Neil. Yeah. But it, it's not too creepy. 
You know, I mean, it is creepy, but it's not because you get. Well, whole- there, there is one episode in season one where it's a little creepy because he, he, he does hit, he creates a metal head in the 2012 cartoon series and he's controlling it from, from the layer and he's using metal head to look over to her and he doesn't think that she can uh, hear him, but she can because the volume's on on his microphone. She's like, you know, I can, oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, um, but Michelangelo, Noel Fisher is Michelangelo. I, I think it was the wrong voice. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, I hate to say this, it sounded more like something Will Smith would do in a, in a Men in Black spoof. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It it didn't sound like what and I and I'm not saying that it has to be Greg Sipes or it has to be Townsend Coleman, because um, it doesn't. It just didn't like. I would have loved. You know, I I really think Robbie Rist would have done well uh, as as oh, Mikey yeah. here. And and I know the writing part of it is that, oh, you know, April's his girlfriend. I know that's part of the writing, but it just – it comes off way too creepy to me. Well, and, and was it me or did it seem like everybody was hitting on Megan Fox on April O'Neil? Because you had Will Arnett's character who I still don't mm-hmm. know who he was really supposed to be other than he was Vern, a driver. Vern Fenwick is – he was the guy in the 87 series, the ca- the cameraman, the guy in the pink shirt. In the very in the very okay. first episode, when he's holding the camera, he's like, you know, well, April, we have to really get back to the station. We can't really stay out here. And oh my God, I'm not staying out here, April. Um, he's that guy. That's he's, right. That's who he's supposed to be. Okay, because I was just, I was irritated with him. And <laughs> the the other thing that bugged me about this was the involvement of William Fickner's character, Eric Sachs. I. I mm-hmm just didn't see a reason to have him around you know I, I mean other than he he really should have been they they really should have had him be Baxter Stockman and, and you know put put that as the character blending that in with how the turtles came about is that Baxter accidentally created that I could see that but this was just like oh we're gonna throw Eric Sachs in here just you know we're gonna create a whole new character so we can put somebody in who's famous well, see, I think originally, and, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier about the um, about what the film was originally going to be when it first started. You know, when the news first started coming out for it, and what it ended up actually being, um, because originally, when he and when, when William Fickner himself had announced that he's going to be, he announced that he's going to be Shredder. Um, that's the way he announced it. Uh, and as the news popped up a little more and more and more and more and more, we realized that, okay, well, he's not going to be Shredder. He's going to be, uh, you know, the, the this other character. I view him more as, oh, man, what was that guy's name? Um, <sighs> crap, there was a movie recently where there was somebody behind I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I honestly, until I looked at the at the cast credits, I barely even noticed that there was a Doctor Baxter Stockman in this. I assume he was yeah. in that fire, wasn't he? I th- I guess so. I never I, really saw him, but that kind of pissed me off because I was like, really, you're going to put Doctor Baxter Stockman in, and then you're not going to have him on screen and be like more of a major character because mm-hmm. come on, the guy invented the mousers to come after the turtles later on, mm-hmm. and you don't have him there at all. 
you know, and then you put Karai in there, and I was just like, ah. Now see, Karai, I actually thought for a little while there that that was Kelly Who, because yeah. she voices Karai in the 2012 series. I really did think that was her for a little while, and then I realized, oh, it's not. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, overall, I enjoyed the movie. It was... It, honestly, the writing and the execution is a lot better than all four of the Transformers movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will say that. It, and there, there were some things in there. They, they actually did get in. You know, Mikey's character overall. Mm-hmm. I, I know we didn't care much for his voicing, but they captured the original Mikey's, the feeling of the original Mikey in there pretty well. You know, I mean, you had him telling jokes and being kind of like, just he was the cornball of the entire team. Donnie, we had him in there as being, you know, he was the scientific geek, which that kind of bugged me that they threw glasses on him, but that's beside the point. Uh, you know, Leo, obviously he was our leader, and Raph was just the asshole who kept going back and forth, butting heads with Leo. But but they actually show you why Raph is the way he is, and that's not something that I don't think any incarnation has done so to this point. No, and I'm going to leave that out because I really don't want that to be a spoiler because that actually was a pretty good part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, I do remember when this first all started coming up, they, they showed off um, the more human faces of the turtles. Uh, and it was for the flashback scene of when they were kids. So everybody that got, you know, they got bitching and complaining about, oh, my God, that's what the turtles are going to look like and blah, blah, blah. No, that was what they looked like as kids. Those were the models for the for the uh, younger turtles. Yeah. Um, which I honestly didn't find to be too disturbing. Um, I love the scene, though, where <laughs> they sneak back into the lair and hopefully Master Splinter doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't, uh, you know, see them and whatever else. Of course, he does. I love because they use mocap and CGI for Splinter that they he actually used his tail. Yes. I loved that. Yes. I thought that was great. So he's got all four of them kind of in these varying positions and everybody's like, nobody break, nobody break. And, of course, Splinter comes to Michelangelo (laughs) and he goes, I'm sure you all have heard of four, five, six, seven cheese pizzas, but what about the 99 cheese pizza? (laughs) And he starts listing all these cheeses off and gets to one Mikey's like, I don't even know what that is and I want it. And it's that was funny. I, I thought oh, yeah. that was really funny. And, and I laughed my ass off when I saw the product placement of the Pizza Hut box in there because it yeah. was so blatant. Well, yeah, because this time around they are using Pizza Hut uh, again. Um, oh, yeah. The And the, there was actually a callback to the first movie with the whole pizza scene. It's the new, the, they don't say this, but I'm saying this. It's the new Turbo Ginsu. It slices, it dices. And they still had the piece of pizza land on Splinter's head in the twenty yes. in the twenty fourteen. Yes. <laughs> so uh, overall, th- this first movie of this hopefully new trilogy of Turtles movies. Overall, I really dug it. I thought it was great. Um, I hope we see more of Shredder's origin story. Oh God, yes! I I really want Shredder to come back. And I mean, with the way that they left it at the end, again, I don't want to put spoilers. There's possibilities, mm-hmm. but. They need to, I think if they do, I want them to drop the whole robot suit because that was, it worked, but it didn't. It was, 
it made him look way too robotic. And I kept looking at him and I kept thinking, he looks like a fucking predator. I don't like the I don't like the entire faceplate. I don't yeah. I don't like the faceplate. I don't like I don't like the faceplate itself. Normally, where you would see Shredder's faceplate, it's more of a skull than anything else. It's more of you know skeleton teeth and skeleton you know bones and everything. Else. It's yeah. metal. It reminds me more of um, the Silver Samurai and the Wolverine. Yeah. And yeah. I, it's not that I didn't like that, but I just, I don't mind the suit. I don't mind the, the the armor itself. I don't mind how he moves in it and how it works. I just think the up close shots of his face look horrible. Oh God, yes. You know, it's. I, I I'm hoping that when we get to the next version, if they come out with a sequel, I'm hoping that at this point we will start seeing maybe Krang, because that would be nice. You know, mm-hmm. I we've never seen a tie-in with Krang before. I don't know how they would really do it because Krang was a disembodied brain, which was you know to put that live action to do it as a cartoony type character, kind of worked okay because kids were still like that's kind of gross, but that's kind of cool that he's in the stomach of this guy. Mm-hmm. Live action, I don't know how they could really pull that off to where you you don't scare the shit out of little kids. Yeah, I'm not really sure, honestly. You know, maybe they'll pull it as as being an alien from another planet, and that's how they'll get the tie-in or something. That he comes back to retrieve the the TCRI ooze. Hell, maybe I'm calling it. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Um, so I'm looking at this. Uh, this article was posted um, August 9th, 2014. Uh, the weekend forecast: Turtles at number one, Guardians at number two, Into the Storm at number three. 100-foot journey at number four, and step up all in number five. Uh, Turtles so far, uh, according to BoxOfficeMojo.com, $64 million. Yeah. Uh, Guardians at 41 Into the Storm at 16.5, and 100-foot journey at 10.5. Um, I'm really surprised that – I'm kind of surprised that I'm not really surprised that Turtles is number one at this point. Um because, like, honestly, seriously, until I started seeing teasers and trailers for Guardians of the Galaxy and hearing Marvel talk about it, I had heard of Rocket Raccoon here and there, but I didn't know any of the other characters. I, I have, yeah, I have no um, no connection to that, and I'll see Guardians of the Galaxy at some point, but it's not something that. It compels me to go see it in the theater, whereas if it was Iron Man 4 or Avengers 3 or 4, you know, or if they released Age of Ultron early, you know, I would definitely be going to see that. And, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is no bat fleck for me. It, you know, it, well, it's just not – I reserve my, my theater-going adventures for films that I actually know the franchise for and I'm I don't mind waiting honestly and I don't but I'm not going to sit here and plump down 675 on a movie that I don't know a lot about well I, I will tell you this go see it if for nothing else because there are ties in with Thanos and that's fine okay and you know that that story is going to be starting to come about they're going to have tie-ins with Age of Ultron you're going to see the Guardians and the Avengers universe mm-hmm. collide in some way because of Thanos. So you know that that's coming. Yeah. Go see it because it actually is. I, I thought it was putting this, putting 
Guardians up against Turtles, Guardians was better. I, I will say that. <laughs> I, I will say that outright. You may not agree with me. I'm I haven't say seen it. Guardians, so I'm not going to even make the comparison. Yeah, but I mean, the, don't get me wrong. TMNT, the, the new TMNT wasn't bad, but it was no Guardians. You know, that, that to me is how I'm going to put it. Mm-hmm. You know, Guardians was really pretty good. Uh, overall, this movie, you know, again, I liked it. If we're going to go with a rating of, say, five stars, mm-hmm. I would probably give it three out of five. Just because, yeah. of, you know, just because of some how some of the filming was a lot of the fight scenes that you see were they bugged the hell out of me because it still felt like a typical Michael Bay type of movie where you got a lot of the fast cam shaky cam movement. You did get a lot of fast shaky cam movement, but there was one explosion in the entire movie and that was at the very end. Oh, yeah. And I'm not so. going to I'm not going to badmouth that. It was just that was the only thing was the shakiness of it. And that was the thing that bothered me. I hate that. I hated it in Pearl Harbor. I hated it in Transformers movies. It's something that bugs me whenever I see a director use it. So anyway, yeah. what, what, did, what would you say if we, if you were to give this, you know, out of five star rating, I'm going to give it a four out of five. There were only a couple of moments where it really kind of irked me a little bit, but I can get past those. And I did get past them by the time the movie ended. Um, overall, it's a great, you know, I, I've, I've seen reviews online of people saying there's plot holes throughout the entire thing. Where? Somebody please explain to me where there are plot holes in this movie. It starts at the beginning. It, you know, pretty much says, hey, look, the entire world knows about the Foot Clan. The, the Foot Clan is trying to take over New York City. April O'Neil is trying to get a story and, and be her own. And that's the other thing. Megan Fox, as much as I generally don't care for her, specifically because of the Transformers movies, because those are the only movies I've seen her in, um, she did a lot better job as April O'Neil than, than anything else. I mean, she, she did a lot, bet, a lot better job as April than I really expected her to. Um, but yeah, I mean, four out of five, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. Okay. Uh, I, I am going to bring up because I kind of forgot to mention this earlier, the foot clan. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the way that they were positioning the foot clan as being just this rowdy group of mercenaries. Really? I mean, they, they really weren't the ninja warriors like what they originally were from any of the original movies, you know. Yeah, they were a little different this time, which is kind of silly, but. Although it was pretty good when they did have the four turtles walk into the building and you see all of the foot soldiers. And it's like basically every foot soldier in existence there is mm -hmm. standing there looking at them and they all kind of freeze and pause. And the turtles kind of freeze and pause and look at each other. That I thought was pretty good, but. It was it, it felt kind of forced, to be honest. Right. But other than that, you know, I mean, the foot wasn't too bad. I just wish that they'd been more kick-ass fighters and, you know, not used, relied so much on guns. Yeah. So that's my that's my beef with the foot. And I apologize for anybody who likes the foot. <laughs> that sounds so wrong. Yeah. Uh, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> It's better than what they were originally supposed to be. They were supposed to be the hand, and that was kind of what Eastman and Laird were making fun of. Was that was because uh, there, there was a group called the Hand that was fighting, 
And so they yeah. pulled that and they remade it into the Foot Clan. No. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and we'll close this out here. Uh, I'm not sure what I've got here for music for this, but we'll put something in. Uh, Mike, I know that you've got some things that you want to talk about for uh, GCRN, so I'll go ahead and let you have a spot here. Just go over to the website. We've got so much going on. There's <laughs> way too many. I, there's like just so much going on. Go over to geekcastradio.com. Um, since you mentioned music, I will say that um, Shell Shocked is no is no Ninja Rap. Oh no, I'm I, not even going to bother with it. I'm going to put Ninja Rap in here. Thank you for mentioning <laughs> that. Because no, this is a this is an old school and new school. Shell Shocked, well, no. <laughs> You could take the sample from iTunes for Shellshocked, put in about five seconds of it, do a record scratch, and then put in Ninja Rap. <laughs> uh, you know what I think? I will do that. <laughs> uh, I will say that I need a little bit more time right now as of this recording to listen to the Brian Tyler score, but so far from what I've heard, it's, it, from, from what, my one listen through of it, it's, it's pretty damn interesting. <laughs> Uh, I know a lot of people are saying it's it's you know kind of the same thing as what he did for Thor and what he did for Iron Man three. There are little differences here and there, but I, I need to go back and, and kind of listen to it a little bit more before I can really give a a, a rating on that. But yeah, go see uh, go see Turtles, people. Okay, uh, I am going to make an announcement here. I will be giving away the Batman action figure here soon, uh, probably with the next. Uh, with the next episode, we'll do a draw for that. Uh, reason being that we're not going to hold off until 100 likes is because Facebook has now put a limit out and a ban out for anybody trying to get likes. So, Oh, really? Yeah. This was actually just announced here. They actually said you will not be able to do contests for likes anymore. Anything that can happen with that, you'll be banned for it. So rather than continuing on to try and get likes by giving away items, I'm just going to go ahead and give it away. However, that said, if you want to go out and you want to give us a like out there on Facebook, or if you want to tell everybody about this, tell everybody about talking about my generation, go to our Facebook page, like us there. We are posting stuff there. We have stuff on our website at mygenerationpodcast.com. If you want to email us, you can do that at mygenerationpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, love to hear from you guys. Please give us a mention and we'll go from there. All right, uh, we'll go ahead and close this out here. I will put Ninja Rap in since, Mike, you mentioned it. <laughs>
Go Ninja Go!